Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to the Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz. It's my pleasure to bring you yet another episode. And uh, while saying that, first up, apologies. We did miss last week. Schedule's just getting a little crazy and it was uh, not possible for myself and Chris to catch up last week. In fact, this week is a little bit crazy too. I'm talking to you now with this intro on Sunday the 2nd of April. But what you're going to hear in just a second with Chris was actually recorded uh, quite a few days earlier in the week as he's actually on the East Coast uh, doing an important event and he'll talk a little bit more about that uh, when we catch up with him in just a second. Secondly, a huge congratulations to Costa Cruises. Uh, Team Costa are celebrating their 75th anniversary uh, on the 31st of March, just a couple of days ago. And that, of course, was when Anna C., their very first ship, set off from Genoa to Buenos Aires with a little over 700 guests on their first uh, famous voyage. And, of course, uh, Costa has grown today, uh, combined with AIDA, the, the largest European cruise brand by a long shot, and, of course, part of Carnival Corporation. And I'm sure we're going to see lots of celebrations around that. There is a great image uh, courtesy of Costa of Anna C., uh, preparing for a voyage in Genoa. That's the uh, the image that we've got on the this week's episode, so have a look, a look at that if you want to. And uh, lastly, a huge thank you. We don't often get a chance to read out all the reviews that come in, but I know each and every one of you um, does either listen, like, or subscribe, and uh, often leaves a review in their favourite podcast app. And uh, this week, one dropped in via Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you to the Cruiseman 100, who said this, um, really love the podcast, the maritime history is top-notch, and Baz and Chris have a great rapport together. It's like two really well-informed mates are having a chat about ships, which makes it so good. Nothing else quite like it on the internet, and I'm a definite lifetime subscriber. Wow, thank you, mate. Um, thank you, Cruiseman100, whoever you may be. I really, really appreciate that, and that is exactly why we do this uh, almost each and every week. There's a few weeks where we do miss out. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you. And thank you to everybody else that uh, is like, listening, liking, subscribing, and leaving reviews in your favourite podcast app. It doesn't matter where you leave them. They're all very much greatly appreciated. 
And uh, with that news, this is probably the longest intro I've done in a while. Uh, let's get Chris on the line. As I mentioned, it was recorded uh, quite a few days ago, midweek, as Chris was preparing. In fact, we're speaking to him in just a second from the airport. Enjoy the show. And joining us once again, our good friend and maritime historian, Chris Frame. Welcome back, mate. Thank you. And joining you from an airport again, Baz. I know. Our schedules are getting crazier and crazier. It's becoming harder to try and uh, find time where we've both got a bit of time to do this, isn't it? Well, the thing is, it's uh, for those years that we were we were locked down, we were saying, please let us back out. Now we're, now we're out and about. It's, uh, I think we're ships passing in the night at the moment, Baz, but um, <laughs> if I recall correctly, you were you were at this very airport just yesterday, so <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> it's um, but it's it's you know, the, the joys of digital. We can um, we can make it work, and you can exactly. hear the boarding calls probably in the in the distance. Yes, of course, because you're heading off to Brisbane, aren't you? I am. Yes, I'm going across to Brisbane with uh, with P and O, uh, the Australian cruising division of P and O, um, because it is this year a very special um, anniversary. It's ninety years um, of P and O's. Uh, schedule of cruises that started back in 1933 mm-hmm. uh, and so they're going to be commemorating that uh, it would by the time this goes to air it would have been uh, mentioned on on the television over in Brisbane and uh, there's going to be uh, you know a lot of people looking at P&O because it's got a long and illustrious history that we've obviously spoken about a number of times before and it's really really cool to be um, seeing that coming to life uh, you know, 90 years after they first started taking Australians uh, mm. on organised cruises out of out of Australia. Yeah, no, great news and great that uh, we're recognising that uh, uh, here in Australia. So uh, well done. Uh, enjoy your little uh, TV appearance over there. Thank you. Now, <laughs> we've had a, a number of listeners get in touch with us. We're going to start off with a, a listener that got in touch with you, actually. Um, and it was uh, Ethan in the US. What did Ethan have to say? Well, Ethan actually is uh, drawing uh, ocean liners. He's uh, a kid living in the US and is, uh, you know, a a fan of the podcast and uh, interested in passenger ships and ocean liners. And they've sent through some remarkable um, drawings that he's done, very, very detailed uh, images of uh, of ocean liners, uh, interior design, and also um, what looks to be sort of uh, a schematic for an engine engine room of a future passenger ship. So um, really cool to hear from Ethan and uh, from his family and uh, really nice to hear that they're enjoying the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've had um, similar feedback. Uh, Andy in Australia uh, just found the show, actually, and says he loves it. He saw the, the logo on one of your lectures on board QM2 recently, actually. And, <laughs> since, and he's been uh, binge listening to the, the back catalogue and has uh, caught up with all the episodes from 2023 and is uh, progressing through 2022 as well. So thanks oh, for Andy. fantastic. Thanks so much, Andy. You know, it was great to have uh, have you there at the at the lectures. They were I mean, I think we spoke about it in the last episode, but the, the mm. talks on board QM2 were so so exciting. And actually, um, since we last spoke, the, the last talk uh, on the ship, it had such a big turnout that they actually hosted it in the Royal Court Theatre, um, mm. which was just so exciting. So <laughs> so I had a great time and it was nice to meet all the uh, the wonderful people there. So thanks so much, Andy. <laughs> and lastly, Michael in Durban uh, got in touch uh, via the website just to say that he agrees with uh, your comment last week, Chris, or the, the couple of weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. about people treating crew um, a little bit better. And he uh, said, well done for us for, for shouting out the bad behavior. So oh, thanks, Michael, yes. for getting in touch as well. Thank you, Michael. Yes, absolutely. And I think that if everyone can just uh, take a moment to think about that, uh, it'll make cruising so much better. 
<laughs> exactly. Now, uh, we've got a, a bit of cruise news to get through before you uh, you get called for your flight, Chris. So let's, uh, let's jump straight on into it. Head over to Facebook now and hit the like button. And first up in the cruise news, Chris, uh, Carnival is celebrating the fact that it sets sail with its 100 millionth guest. Yes, I know. Can you believe it? So, of course, Carnival starting all those years ago in 1972 mm. um, with the uh, with the first ship, the Mardi Gras, a little, um, by today's standards, little converted ocean liner. Um, mm. And now, in all those years since, they've carried 100 million people on their ships, which is just a remarkable um, achievement and something that I think that they're very proud of. Yeah, just uh, reading there that uh, the, the guests had some celebrations on board and uh, they're currently encouraging people that are sailing with Carnival to uh, hashtag one in 100 million if you're posting any celebratory pictures whilst you're, you're on your cruise there. So well done to Carnival. Congratulations, um, Carnival. Mm. I imagine it would not be as it won't take as long to get to the two hundred millionth, given the size of their fleet these days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, next up, we've got some news from NCL. Um, NCL have announced that Beetlejuice the musical is going to be headlining the production and entertainment on board its next ship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, NCL does entertainment very well on their ships, and I think even the even the standard sort of production shows have done to a very high quality. But this is taking things to the next level with uh, with the Beetlejuice musical coming on board Norwegian Viva, which is of course their latest uh, in the uh, prima class of ships that's um, about to make her debut. Exactly, and of course they've got some incredible uh, shows across the various different uh, ships, including six. Jersey Boys, Footloose, um, the Donham Cinema Musical, to name just a few. Um, so that's uh, great that we've got uh, another uh, yeah. collaboration. Can you imagine, or can you believe rather, that uh, NCL now has 18 ships in its fleet? Mm, mm. It's quite remarkable. Strength to strength, definitely. Um, mm. And a bit of news uh, close to my heart, and anybody that does like a nice cup of coffee, uh, Princess Cruises have announced they've officially partnered with Lavazza as their uh, official coffee partner. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one thing that over the last, at least the last decade, Cruise Lines has really started to focus on, and that's offering quality coffee uh, on board the ships. Of course, it's so much enjoyed by people on land. And uh, if you remember back to the 1990s, the coffee on oh, cruise ships awful, was pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, lots of different cruise lines are offering lots of different um, uh, coffee experiences now. And Princess is obviously taking uh, things that one step further with this new partnership. Yeah, and not only is it just in the, the coffee provided in the, the coffee shops on board they're doing uh, partnerships with the the chefs to do educational sessions tasting food pairings and more all around the, the coffee theme so uh, yeah we'll see a little bit more of lavazza across the the princess fleet i'm sure mm, sounds good now we spoke a couple of weeks ago about uh, carnival firenze um joining uh, or moving from the coastal fleet to the the carnival north american fleet um mm. she actually opened up for sale um this past week or so and is doing incredibly well where can people choose to sail chris yeah they've got five-day mexican riviera cruises um and the inaugural voyage of course departs on the 2nd of may 2024 uh, and then there's also a six-day voyage and a seven-day voyage option for this particular ship. And this is sort of the, as we've mentioned before, kind of an interesting blend of a Costa ship that's being run by Carnival people, as far as I can uh, make out. And basically, they're bringing the Carnival style onto those Italian-themed ships. Mm. Yeah, they are, exactly. And so that six-night itinerary goes to Cabo San Lucas and Ensenada. The seven-night uh, goes to Puerto Vallarta, Mazatlan, and Cabo as well. So I think that'll be pretty popular myself. 
Mm. Now you've no, just spent um, a whole bit of time with Virgin Voyages, haven't you? And they've, they're the um, topic of our next uh, next point of news. Yeah, in fact, I should have acknowledged earlier. Um, this week, I was privileged to attend a, a marketing summit uh, powered by, first of all, Norwegian Cruise Lines earlier in the week, mm. and then on Wednesday also did something similar with the the good team at Virgin Voyages. Um, oh, how exciting! The, the ship coming down, and uh, yeah, what are we? We're April almost, or we will be by the time guests listen to this, and uh, the ship, of course, is arriving into Australia um, a little later. Uh, this year, so December, the ship will arrive in Sydney, I believe. And yeah, things are getting very, very excited. The people at Virgin are getting very excited and preparing for for that landmark event. But the news that we've got in front of us right now is around Virgin Voyages and that limitless voyage that we talked about previously with JLo. There's so much content here. I would say if anybody wants to know anything about this, jump into the show notes because it lists each and every person that's going to be a part of this limitless voyage. Um, yeah. There's just so much content available. Uh, so it, it would take us I a mean, good hour though, to get through. Yeah, they've got all these speakers and the list of speakers is so long. I think the only way to really get through it in the time we have available on the podcast today is for people to check it out on the um, on the show notes. But it does sort of show this uh, massive commitment that um, Virgin has to its onboard uh, sort of in- enrichment program that they're offering there on the ship for for um, these these voyages. Mm. And also a little shout out to Virgin as well. They haven't made a big deal about it yet, but they have just received a fleet of or a suite of awards um, from the team at Cruise Critic. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, pretty much hitting the mark on dining, entertainment, ship hardware. Um, guest satisfaction seems to be through the roof. So well done, Virgin. Yeah. You, you launched in a challenging time and you're managing to go from strength to strength. So well done. Uh, it's just doing so many things to... Um you know, uh, challenge the status quo of what a cruise and a cruise experience can be. And I know from plenty of conversations with you, Baz, that it's one of the the brands and the experiences that we're most excited to see coming to Australia in the not-too-distant future. Yes, and uh, they uh, did uh, unofficially announce or accidentally announced that they will be returning for a second season. So uh, Virgin are going to be in, in part of the Australian cruise culture for the foreseeable future, that's for sure. Mm. Now, another iconic brand, of course, is Cunard. And uh, you touched on the fact that they are celebrating 100, uh, 100 years. Um, they've actually celebrated one step further with the launch of um, a collaboration with a filmmaker, I believe. Yeah, well, you see, Cunard's interesting because it's obviously been offering um, uh, line voyages, passenger line voyages for um, since 1840, but it's the 100th anniversary this year of, of a few things. Firstly, it's their um, 100th anniversary of their first world cruise, which was taken undertaken aboard the Laconia. And she was one of their ocean liners that did the uh, originally did the transatlantic service, but was then moved on to this world cruise voyage back in late 1922 um, and it, she then spent much of um, much of the early part of 2019 uh, sorry 23 undertaking this world voyage now it was 130 days on board the ship and it was entirely a northern hemisphere voyage so it went so far south as Panama and Singapore but it did encircle the world and it was all done continuously on one ship which made it quite special because it was um, financially successful and they were then able to do more world cruises in partnership with other companies such as American Express. Mm. And what actually happened on, on those voyages is they actually brought uh, photographers, shipboard photographers on board to capture the experience. So it's also the 100th anniversary of Cunard having shipboard photographers on board. So mm. because of this, they've actually curated 
um, this unique collection of imagery over the 100 years um, by a, a specialist, uh, Mary McCartney, who has put together this exhibition. And it covers all sorts of things from the trooping service on Cunard to Nelson Mandela's first visit on QE2 through to passengers just today having a great time on board um, the Queen's because you could send your photos into Cunard um, late last year and they could uh, they could potentially be included in this. And actually, that is the topic of my video for this week was um, a little tribute to that and also some pictures that I took from the Queen's return to Australia after the, uh, after the shutdown was lifted. Brilliant. Good news. And, of course, uh, this... Uh film for want of a better word is available to view on the cunard website you simply visit cunard.com forward slash views and that's where you'll find all these uh, beautiful images from over the years sounds great it is actually a really good collection and it's worth having a look at yeah i intend to do that over the weekend definitely um now next up we've got news from viking and they've actually launched a uh, new itinerary that uh, works in uh, reckon recognizing the 80th anniversary of uh, paris and the d-day London. Yes, that's that's sorry. So there's like I mean, so many cruise lines at the moment are now starting to tap into the the importance of history, which is really um, special to see. And this particular one uh, is a, a Paris and D-Day 80th anniversary voyage. It's um, being undertaken for the 2024 European River season, mm-hmm. um, and it is a, a, a trip that takes um, sort of takes a look back to some historic uh, World War II sites. So it um, includes. Uh, the Churchill War Rooms, where the D-Day landings were uh, planned in the UK. Uh, Bletchley Park, of course, which is um, where, of course, the codes were, were broken mm-hmm. um, during, during World War II. And then there's also a number of other uh, sort of significant British um, institutions that can be visited. And then after that, they continue on to Paris and then get on board uh, one of the, the Viking longships, which, mm-hmm. of course, ties in with that... Um, that river season and taking some of the sites in in Paris that were, um, you know, important in the liberation of Europe. Yeah, it's a a beautiful journey. And the good thing to know with Viking is they've actually introduced some new ships on the Seine that uh, are capable now of navigating right up to the Eiffel Tower. So you really do sail into and out of the the, the heart of Paris, whereas some of the other uh, riverboats do actually dock a little Mm. bit further out. So uh, well done, uh, Viking, for recognizing the uh, the importance of the 80th anniversary. And I'm sure the, the itinerary will be enjoyed by many, many. Next up, our friends at Penant have announced that, I can't believe we're talking about this, 2024-2025 Antarctica mm. is now open for sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing to go and see Antarctica, Baz? And they mm. can, you can do that on board these Penant ships. They're especially um, built so that they can go into that part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have voyages on, on board Lostral, uh, Le Boreal, and Lyrical. Um, and that's the, the three ships in the company's fleet that are going down to that particular part of the world um, to take in some of the sites that are really hard to see the, in any other way than by ship. And, of course, if you're going to go to that part of the world, um, they generally want to send you on ships that have been specifically designed to, to sail in those kind of waters with, um, with the ice hulls and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Now, people often think of Penant as a relatively newish brand, but they've actually been sailing down to Antarctica for more than 30 years. So mm. a lot of experience. They, they really do know what they're doing. And as you say, those ships are built to try and transit the, the, the Drake Passage and also the, the ice flow areas with the 
Uh, we actually did a little, uh, well, quite a bit of research on all of the cruise lines for our um, our new book, which uh, oh, yeah. is actually now been sent to the publisher. Baz, can you believe it? Yeah, um, so it's off to the publisher. But um, yeah, Penance, uh history and their origins, having um, the the sailing powered ship that that they all sort of started their their story with, and then moving through to to their you know new fleet of of modern. Uh, and in many cases, eco-friendly cruise ships has been quite an interesting journey to to get to know. Mm, no, it is. It's a, it's a, a well-loved brand, that's for sure. And uh, next up, we've got news from another well-loved brand and news around a ship that is loved by many, many loyal clients. Seaborn mm. uh, Odyssey will actually be sold off to a Japanese cruise line in the, the future. Yeah, I was really surprised with this one, actually, because Seaborn Odyssey is so beloved, and she's not really that old. She only came into mm. service in 2009. I do know that Odyssey and Sojourn are slightly different from the rest of the ships in that they do have some cabins on board that aren't considered to be the balcony suite style that is seen on the other ships um but that being said she's again just absolutely beloved by uh, seaborne travelers so i'm sure there are a lot of people in fact i have some some very very good friends who who travel exclusively on seaborne and um, know all of the ships very well and i'm absolutely sure that they um that they'll be they'll be sad to to see her go. In fact, I sent them a text message this morning, um, uh, sending condolences for the loss of their um, of their beloved Seaborn Odyssey. <laughs> now, uh, do not worry. the The seasons that are, the itineraries that are out uh, in the market at the moment are going to continue. In fact, Seaborn will charter back the ship to make sure that they can operate the the planned itineraries right through to August of twenty twenty four, and then the ship will then be transitioned across to uh, to the new owners uh, after that. And last, but by no means least, we have some news out of Arosa, which we talk about often in the, the River Cruise section of the show. Um, they've actually announced that they're going to be the first River Cruise line to offer swimming lessons for children on board their Rhine cruises. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't that interesting? So they're having swimming lessons on board. It's a ship that's actually got swimming pool. It's a river cruise vessel that's got swimming pool on board, which is quite unique. Um, it's Arosa Sina, which is their flagship. Um, and uh, it will be offering these these swimming lessons that are being undertaken in conjunction with a, um, a, a, a proper swimming school. So that will be um, you know, a proper experience for, for the children on board the ships. Yeah, and no, it's a great ship, Senna. She's very, very family-friendly. They've got kids, uh, dedicated family cabins that can take up to five. They've got kids club on board. So um, it really is a, a, a river cruise option for families that uh, is not available elsewhere. You know, we tend to see river cruising focusing on the, the 45 plus. So it's great to see mm. that another option out there for people that are interested. Exactly. There you go. And that's all for the cruise news this week, Chris. I know we're on a bit of a deadline before you get called for your flight, but uh, I noticed that you did put out another video this week, uh, which was a great little uh, YouTube video. So uh, what was that all about? That was that tribute to the Cunard uh, anniversary of photography, Baz. So basically, in the last three months, I've um, sailed on board all three Cunard Queens in Australian waters um, as part of both their world cruises and long duration voyages here um, mm. as a lecturer and guest speaker. But, you know, with this exhibition having been launched and with Cunard celebrating 100 years of photography on board their ships, I wanted to put together a little something that, um, you know, added my little uh, contribution to to their history with some photographs from their return to Australia. So that's what that little video is all about. Um, but before I do get on my plane, Baz, I do have a fact or fiction for you, if you're feeling brave enough. Yes, definitely. Let's do it. Fact or fiction. 
All right, Baz, fact or fiction? In the early days of steam-powered passenger ships, people were used to uh, sealing sailing ships coming in and out of ports. And they got quite surprised when they'd see a steamship because of all of the smoke billowing out of the steamship. And in numerous occasions, people would see the smoke coming off the ship and would race down to the port to offer help to put out the fire, only to find out that the steamship wasn't actually on fire. It was just the smokestack. Fact or fiction? Facts. Ah, you got it. Facts. <laughs> so, basically, that is that is true. That is something that, that happened in multiple ports at the very beginning of the age of steam. Um, because people were so used to seeing um, sailing ships coming in and out, they weren't used to seeing smoke being associated with ships unless the ship was on fire. And shipboard fires were a bit more common than what... Uh, what they are these days, of course, because ships were made out of wood and there was candles and um, paraffin lamps that were used to to illuminate them. So there was a much higher risk of, of fire on board. And um, it would be a situation where if there was a burning ship, people would quite often uh, volunteer to help put the fire out if they were available um, as part of their sort of civic duty. So when the steamships first started coming into ports, you had these these um, moments where, you know, the, the shipping lines that had put all this money and this investment into um, to, to establishing steam services, and it was quite a risky business, you know, trying to use the technology then. It was quite expensive. Um, mm-hmm. They were trying to gain attention for the arrival of their ships but quite often the ship would arrive in and people would think it's a a sailing ship on fire because of course they did have the masts still so they kind of looked like sailing ships Mm -hmm. um, and would um, gather on the shores to offer um, support to the shipping line in order to try and put the fire out only to realize no hang on this actually is a controlled fire and the smoke's coming out of a big chimney Uh, what's all this about (laughs) and uh, and that's um you know, that, that kind of phenomenon phased away as steamships became more and more common in ports. But when you were first seeing them, no one really knew yeah. what to expect. Fair enough. <laughs> I love it. So you did well on that one. Yeah. yeah. I have to try something trickier next time. Okay. <laughs> not too hard. Not too hard. Um, all right, Chris, I will let you dash because I know you are in a bit of a rush. Um, we'll come back hopefully with a, a more lengthy episode next week. Um, and uh, yeah, enjoy your travels, enjoy your TV appearance, and we'll, we'll speak to you soon, mate. Thanks so much. Hope everyone has a great week. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.